Howdy folks, welcome back to the Mighty Thorcast. I'm Ed. And I'm Terry. And we have uh, set for you here episode 35. This is the first show back since our first uh, special episode where we talked about fear itself. I hope that went over okay. have no idea. I haven't gotten any feedback yet on it. So anybody out there wants to say anything about it, please do so we know, you know whether to do any more special episodes or anything like that. Uh, actually, one of the books that we have today we could have talked about in that special episode too, but we didn't know at the time. So, three books we have. Oh, uh, happy happy holidays, I guess, since this is our first recording nearest uh, Thanksgiving. We're yes, we're still this. in in the quote Thanksgiving weekend quote. Yeah, th this is the Sunday after the Thursday of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So. The, uh, the three books we've got lined up today are the 1966 volume of The Mighty Thor, issues 154 and 155, and the 2011 volume of Mighty Thor, issue 7, which, uh, this is a spoiler podcast, but I think everybody's read all three of those, because 7's been out for a couple months, or at least a month, because 8 just came out this past week, I think, so... So if we don't hurry up and do this, we'll be behind. So we should be in good shape. We're, we're never behind. <laughs> we do the podcast at our speed. Oh, okay. Which is slow-motion. <coughs> Sorry. No, Just had to do that. That's a Bugs Bunny cartoon mm -hmm. where, where he's drugged. Mm -hmm. Nighty-night bunny. I just had to do that. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, we're starting the show with 154, right? From the 1966 yes, volume. Yes, issue 154. And those of you, um, as a quick little... Remembrance, when we left off here, um, Thor had gone down and supposedly, I say that because we'll find out soon that it wasn't true, defeated Ulic, the, um, the monster troll. He's not really a troll, but the trolls kind of know about him. But he, anyway, he defeated him at the behest of the Norn Queen, who had kept, got um, stiff and balder in her grasp and was, was, going to keep them until Thor came down and said he would fight Ulic. And he defeated him, supposedly. And they have now left and they're, they're searching for they were searching for Loki. And Sif got injured and is in hospital as we speak. An Earth hospital. An Earth hospital in Midgard. Wondering whether or not she's going to make it. And Thor is... Um, Still looking for Loki and wondering why Odin is not allowing him to fight Loki because Odin's told them not to fight. And what worried about Sith. So they're all on Midgard. And we start out with um, Loki running away from Thor. So Thor has decided, well, since Odin has told me I can't do anything about him and I can hear nothing from Odin, I shall do as he wishes and I'll just go to the hospital and check on Sith. So he, he wanders off, well, flies off, to the hospital and and finds Sif laying there, fever broken. She appears to be doing better. And he decides that he has to turn into Dr. Blake in order to really comprehend the medical chart that's hanging there with Sif. But before he can do that, Hela comes to him. And he's like, you can't take Sif. She's not that badly wounded. And Hela's like, I'm not here for Sif. Yes. Um this was uh, written by Stan Lee and um, Jack Kirby, with art by Jack Kirby, inked by Vince Coletta, and lettered by Artie Simic, by the way. 
Sorry. Before we get too, too far. I, I forget to give them credit. I'm so sorry. That is where it's due. So that's what mm -hmm, we will do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give credit where credit's due. Okay. So. So Hela is trying to coax Thor into coming to Valhalla, showing him images, letting him see some of the former soldiers that he fought with and against I assume some of them are, are enemies I'm not sure but anyway they're they're telling him that he is the only one who is truly fit to be their leader and they really want him to come down to Valhalla and he's like no as much as I truly admire you and, and agree that we have the same warrior blood in us I must stay here so be gone and you with them Hela. Did you notice the uh, little uh, reminder here of a previous Thor book, the Mighty Thor 190, mm -hmm. remember? Mm -hmm. It says, well, we're on 154. I know. So I don't know if 190 is a misprint or if it really something did happen. If it's not 190, I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure where what... it is either because when he, was, when he said, remember where we, I'm like, no, I don't remember that. But then, okay. <laughs> when he was laying there after having been beaten by the absorbing man. Yes, I remember that, that Hela came to him there. Maybe it was 150, because that maybe wasn't so. too long ago. Maybe, but yeah, it's just, so. it's funny that it says 190, and mm -hmm. then it says remember. Mm -hmm. It's like, um... That would have to be foretelling. Um, yeah, I'm not sure we can remember 190 yet. That's mm -hmm. what, 36, that's three years from now. Yeah, so. So, so he banishes Hela and her, and her deal tells her go away and we've switched to back in um, the Norn Queens area where Ulic was thrown down a cavern supposedly thought dead and he's not he has he has caught himself on the edge of the cavern and has now climbed up again and he sees the enchanting stones that are laying there in this cave and he's like, hmm, seems to me I remember something about these and having to do something with Odin. And he keeps looking, and there's a big old sign. <laughs> yeah, you want to hide something, Odin, put a big old sign that says, let no living being disturb what lies beneath by order of Imperial Odin. You know, Odin, the people who will read the sign are the ones who will ignore your Imperial orders. You know, the rest of the people will just leave it alone and not even go down there. Well, anybody else, yeah, wouldn't be down there anyway. Wouldn't be down so there. It's like, Only okay. nefarious people would be down there. And here you've got a big old sign saying right here, like big old arrow pointing at it. But Alex says, I remember that uh, Odin buried in here the member of a mysterious alien race, a race so powerful that it almost succeeded in destroying Asgard itself. He says, if Odin himself feared this enough to seal it up, then his power must be beyond description. And since I am a an opponent of Asgard, therefore this being will be an opponent of Asgard, which therefore will make us allies. I know Oleg really didn't sound all that smart, but, you know, that's what he was thinking. And he sets him free. And he turns out to be this huge, bullish, humanoid, with some kind of um, clawy, tentally, grebbly things. I don't know. It's, he's, he's quite a compilation, <clears throat> Mr. Kirby. Thank you very much. Quite a compilation of different aspects that would make you fear and tremble and think that he was strong. I really like the bull's head. That, that, that really did it for me. But he comes out saying, I will um, destroy him who imprisoned me. So he's after Odin. And... Uh, Oleg tells him, says, well, Odin is the one you're after, and I know where he's at. So, you know, we, we can, under my leadership, we can annihilate. And he's like, leadership? Uh -huh. 
says, I'm ready after I kill Asgard, destroy Asgard and kill Odin, I'm ready to kill everyone. And he starts to kill Olek, and he says, oh, no, wait a minute. I think I'll let you live because you might prove useful. Then we go back to Earth where Thor is talking to Sif, who is still unconscious. But she, he, he surmises with Hela being gone, that means that Sif's not going to die or Hela would have remained even if he had told her to go away. But he, he, he also he goes back to his original thought of he needs to be Dr. Blake so he can use Dr. Blake's knowledge to see if Sif's going to be okay and how she's doing so he can read the chart and really know what's going on. And the nurse comes in as he's doing all this and says, what are you doing in here? I don't remember you being in here. And Sif awakens and starts talking and she recognizes the she recognizes Thor in Dr. Blake even though he's Dr. Blake. She says no matter what form he's in, she will always know him because she loves him. Well, she also knows that he is, yeah. right? So, I yeah. mean, that, that's all good and well, but you also happen to know that yeah. that's Thor, so. Yeah. yeah. So, he convinces Sif that she needs to lay back and rest, that she's going to be okay now, and he needs to fly off and look for Loki. So, that's what he's done. He's flown off, and he's looking for Loki, who has turned himself... Invisible because he is bathed in an aura of spatial invisibility. Not special. Not special. Spatial invisibility. And that's S-P-A-C-I-A-L. Spatial. Not A-T-I-A-L. So I'm not sure what that is, but okay. But then after Thor flies back by, he's like, no, I'm tired of being invisible. And he turns into a monstrous looking form. And I always thought that Loki was not that bad looking in the face. But this looks kind of ogre, monkey, gorilla-ish in the face. So not good there, Mr. Kirby. Yeah, it's, he, he's wearing his normal yellow and yeah. green outfit with the big yellow horns. But yeah, he, he's got a, like an ape face or something. But the face, yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty bad. But he screams at all the lovely little uh, Midgardians and scares them beyond recognition, and they go away. And he decides that Odin has forbidden him to battle the God of Thunder, but Odin has not forbidden him to take Odin down. I love his logic. So, since he can't take Thor down, because he's been told by Odin he can't, he's going to go take Odin down, because Odin has not said, you can't take me down, son. So, he's decided he's going to go that route. So, he goes back to Asgard to see what he can do. And when he gets there, he sees all of Odin's forces run, riding out. I was going to say running out, but they're riding out on their horses. And he's like, what has happened? What's new, what new danger has arisen that all of this, that you need all of this, this is everybody. And they're like, it's a good thing you've come back because we need your powers also. And he's like, oh, whoa, wait, what, 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 what do you need me for? And he tells him about the, uh, the thing hidden in the caves. It's been opened and then released. And Loki's like, but Odin created it. Can't he just shut it back up again? Can't he just take care of this himself? And they're like, no, because Odin is in the Odin sleep. He is taken to his bedchamber. And apparently once he goes into this Odin sleep, you cannot awaken him. Because if you awaken him, you take the chance of life leaving him completely. Killing him supposedly. Because this yeah. is this is what gives him life renewed. Although yeah. we've seen him awakened a couple of times yeah, out of Odin's sleep. It's a healing sleep yeah. that when he is done sleeping, he wakes up. Yeah. So to interrupt it could yeah. cause trouble. And and Loki's like, hmm, okay, that's all right. You, you need me and you need Thor. 
and he's thinking to himself, Thor's on earth, and there's where he will stay. And while my father's asleep, that puts me in charge. I'm in charge of Asgard. I'm in charge of Asgard. You can just hear him singing it in his head. Because that's what he's always wanted, to be in charge of Asgard. And that way he can be the coward that he is and stay on the throne and send everybody else out to battle. Yeah, he can make other people do his stuff. Yeah, make everybody else go out to battle while he stays there. So we go back to Earth and we see, well, Midgard, and we see Thor still looking for Loki, feeling uneasy, not really, you know, just has this this sense that there's something wrong. He breaks up um, a mugging and and defeats the, the muggers and the police coming by and the, they take him off to jail. And I don't know why they had that whole section in there. Uh, just an interlude, I guess. Uh, it's a little uh, interlude because yeah. it had nothing to do with the story. Just other than Thor's on Midgard to protect the honest and upright Midgardians. Well, I guess doing what his he's job to, is. Yeah, he's supposed to do yeah. while he's here. Because he's just like, I, I feel that something really bad's happening, and I feel that it's going to be end of time soon. And look at these these mortals. They just struggle every day and, and try to survive, and little do they know. But I don't hear anything from Asgard. I don't understand. Well, and then this other group of people, they're hippies. What well, what was the name, the the really cool name that all these bad guys gathered themselves under that he just broke up? Muggers Incorporated. Yeah, Muggers Incorporated. Yeah, pretty silly. Oh, wow. And then for some reason he runs up upon these hippies. Three hippies, Three yes. hippies, and they're like, hey, man, your outfit's cool. We kind of dig it. And he's like, what? And and he picks up this hammer. He talks. He he looks at his hammer, and says, "They you scoff at my at my hammer," and he names it. And they're like, "Oh, he's even got a name for it, man. That's wild, wow." But um, so Thor puts it down. And he says, "Well, here, come pick it up." And they try to pick it up, and they can't, of course. And he says, "Only those with that are that are innocent and and and." right-minded can can pick up this hammer and that's none of you and now we have this little psa public service announcement tis not by dropping out but by plunging into the maelstrom of life itself that thou shalt find wisdom he's like giving these malcontents a a, a lesson in in you know you can't just drop out of life you have to plunge in and be part of it that's the only way this is the don't be a hippie yeah this is is your psa he says, or you're not worthy of a title of man, you know. So then that's that's over with. Thank goodness. And we see Balder and Carnella. Not quite sure why Balder's still there. I guess when Thor defeated Ulrich, he went back to to take Sif to the hospital, and Logan and Balder stayed there. Yeah, he, I, I think it's just. They haven't gotten back to this part of the story. He just yeah. hasn't left yet. Yeah, he hasn't left yet. And Carnell is telling him, you know, you need to stay here with me. My heart is the heart of a woman, and I'm fancying you at this moment. And he's like, I don't think so. I've got things I need to do. And she's like, but you can't spurn me, behold. And she shows him the lifeless, frozen for all eternity warriors, and they are the Legion of the Lost. I'm going to pass this over to you. Tell us who the Legion of the Lost are. Um, first time I'd ever heard of it. Um, apparently it's a group of soldiers who sometime in antiquity disappeared because he makes reference to the mystery is solved. Um, I've never heard okay, of the Okay, so I Legion. thought maybe this was a reoccurring thing and where I'm a new comic book no, person. No, I have never heard of the Legion of the Lost. Okay. And, and we know it hasn't come up before now because right. we've, we've done them all. Right. 
So okay. I'm I'm not familiar at all. I, I think what it is is it's just uh, they they're just showing the uh, lengths that she will go. Cornilla. Yeah. To get a so. to get a, a a spousal type human being. But anyway, she said all of these men have spurned her, and therefore she has frozen them all. And he's like, um, so why I I don't I why would I want to stay? Look at what you've done to them. And she's like, oh, you just wait. Well, we switch over to Mangog, who is the thing that's been released down in the crystals in the cave by Ulic. We return to Mangog and Ulic, and Mangog has lifted Ulic up out of the pit because he's decided he might be useful. And he decides, I best run now <laughs> before Mangog gets up out of this Yeah, pit. I mean, he lifted me up, so I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to run. And Manga gets out, and he's and he makes the call for Ragnarok, the death of all. And Thor's standing on top of a building on Midgard, saying, "Where is the voice of Odin? I feel such dire apprehension." Yeah, he he feels that all this is going on, but yeah. he doesn't know what is going on. Right, and he he doesn't understand why Odin's not calling him. So under 155, it's a continuing story. Of course, we now ends the universe because here comes Mangog. And Thor is feeling, he's like, this has to be the coming of Ragnarok. This this that I feel, it's the end of the world. This is also Smiling Stanley and Jolly Jack Kirby. Embellishments by Vince Coletta and lettering by Artie Samick. Do you so, know what Ragnarok is? You they've, have, you they've have, started throwing it out here. Yeah, you have discussed it. You have told me a little bit about it once or twice before. But go ahead. Uh, it's, it's part of the... Um... Viking Norse myth that there will be a great battle between the Asgardians and uh, whatever forces of evil you want there to be. Trolls, giants, dark elves, whoever they're going to be, but the good guys and the bad guys. And it basically it's the final fight that not only destroys the Asgardians, it destroys the bad guys, and it destroys the world. Everything is destroyed. So it's a it's a constant like in the, in the book it's a constant overhanging cloud when things get very dire oh is this Ragnarok because that's supposed to be the end of time mm -hmm. uh, now we have come to find out in the n recent continuity that it is the Ragnarok cycle and that periodically it happens and then the Asgardians are resurrected evil is never vanquished everybody lives there's an ultimate battle again in which everything is destroyed and it's just a big cycle that just repeats itself so um, interestingly to me uh, DC has made mention in uh, several of their books that Ragnarok has already occurred and it was World War II. And that the Vikings were represented by the Nazis. And that the evil forces or the forces against the Norse gods were the allies. Because who would Norse gods side with than the Aryan race? Blonde, blue-eyed. Okay. And so that's the way that uh, it has been said by, uh, by uh, several characters in DC's pantheon that 
Ragnarok has already occurred, and it was just a great battle. It wasn't the end of all things. And that, you know, of course, the good guys there won because the Allies won. But interestingly, that the Nazis represented the Earth manifestation of the Asgardians in this big battle. Okay. Is that why they used the, uh, as we just saw in Fear Itself, they used the Nazi bunker and the Nazi um, machine warriors and stuff? Well, that's kind of part of Captain America's mythos. His His big... Uh, big bad has been the Red Skull, and the Red Skull was Hitler's second in command. Okay. So okay. that was the Red Skull's daughter, so of course there would be that connection to the Nazis that way. Okay. So Thor is flying through um, through the air, looking down at the Midgardians, saying, you know, they don't understand what's coming. They just see a storm coming, but I know it's something much more. It's... I've been summoned. There's just this feeling it's not Odin, but he feels that he's been summoned to go back to Asgard. And at the same time, Sif sits up in her bed because she can also feel the summons from Asgard that something bad is happening. And uh, Thor shows up and says, it's time to go. And she says, okay, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go and and live or die as as an Asgardian. I'm ready to go. So he, this is the first time I've seen this, he points his hammer at her, and rays come out of the hammer, and he calls it the heal, he wants to speed the healing of his lady with his hammer. So apparently this hammer does more than we ever knew, and will probably do even more that we don't know about. Whatever's needed. Whatever's needed. When I was reading this, I was thinking, hmm, this isn't Thor, somebody else is taking Sif. Just because all this seemed very out of character for Thor. He comes, he's very dark and foreboding. But it's a very Um, dark and foreboding time. At no point in all this do we see his face. We see a shadow, his face is darkened out, the back of his head, two side views. We never see his face. He uses this hammer to almost enchant her, it looks like. Tells the nurse, be silent woman, and nurse be gone. Very harsh, Mm -hmm. harsher than he typically is. That's because Ragnarok... Well, it, it just at first I mm-hmm. didn't think this was him. I thought no. it was Loki up to something. No, I thought it was Thor, and I thought he was like very serious, like okay, it's it's do or die time. It's time now. Let's go. And he spins his hammer. The vortex form formless distance melts away, and they end up on the Rainbow Bridge, going to see what's going on. Going to see the wizard. Yes, and then we cut back to Carnella and Balder. And Carnell is telling him, you know, you either stay and be my lover. If you want to be my lover. I knew you were going to sing that song. And he's like, no, I can't. And she's like, well, fine. Then you will have to face the Lost Legion. And he's like, but they're dead. And she's like, no, they're not. They're just asleep. And I can wake them up. And he does. Uh, she does so. And they start battling Balder. And Balder's like, fine. I will battle them all. And I will win. And I will go to Asgard because I'm being called there. And we see that, then we switch over and we see that even the foreboding, the danger is being perceived way out thousands of galaxies away. We see our lovely, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the, the planet. Uh, the, the recorder, we see him. Yeah, in I know. The, the, the... Was it? 
I don't I don't remember. The species in charge of the recorders. Yeah. Is is where we're and at. It was, we're on their home planet. They had come she had come to um Earth and was gonna colonize it while Regellians. Regellians, there we go. It's the Regellians. And they they decide they have to send the recorder out. And the recorder of for, of course goes first to the um ego to see if ego knows what's going on and, and ego's like I'll have nothing to do with this. And he's like, oh, well, the threat must be elsewhere. So he moves on to see if he can find the threat. And while all of that is happening, in Asgard itself, we see the Warriors 3 doing some battling of their own. This looks more like drunken brawl battling than it does real battling. Yeah, they are. Because they're kind of just, you know, bantering back and forth with each other. Yeah, showing, I think it's kind of showing how ill at ease they are, that they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they Mm -hmm. they feel the need to fight, and so this Mm -hmm. is the way they're taking it out. And um, Loki comes and tells them that they have to go out to battle for real. And they're like, well, who are you? You're not the boss. And he's like, yes, I am. I'm the boss right now because Odin is in the bedchamber getting the Odin sleep, and Thor's not here, and I'm telling you, you have to go and fight. And they're like, fight who? What's happened? And they said he's been, he says he's been reborn, Mangog. He's, he's come out, and even Odin fears him, and therefore you have to go fight him. And they're like, well, if even Odin fears him, what are we going to do? So Volstagg decides he has to go tell his wife goodbye, because who knows how long they'll be gone. Exactly. And his men are like, unless you want to be called a wimp and a wuss, you need to get on your horse and come on. And he's like, fine, I'm not afraid. So they go off to battle, and Loki's like, well, I've sent them off to their doom. And the man that is his minion, the court minion who has stayed there to help Loki, I guess he helps whoever's on the throne, Right. Yeah. says, well, do you realize that, yes, you've sent it to their doom, but eventually the doom's coming to you. It'll be here. And we will all be lost. And Loki's like, don't talk to me like that. And then someone says, not so, perfidious one. And he turns around and there's Thor and Sif. And they've come back. And they're like, what are you doing seated on the throne? And Loki's like, well, father is in Odin's sleep. You weren't here. Therefore, I get to be on the throne. And once the throne is seated, no one can defy it. Tis the law eternal. Deceitful and untrustworthy. Perfidious. Perfidious. Mm-hmm. Perfidious. And and Thor's like, I don't. What's what's with words? We have something we have to do. We have to go fight this evil. What what good does it do to have a throne if it's taken from you and you and the universe is destroyed? You make no sense, man. And he's and Loki's like, well, go fight it then. Go ahead. I was born to rule. I'm, I was born to sit right here on this throne. You you were born to fight. You go destroy yeah, I'm it. A, I'm not a fighter. Is right. Right. And Thor's like, well, fine, we'll go fight, but just remember, he draws Clever closer, and if I am destroyed, as you have wished it for years, you will be destroyed, too, when he gets here. So then we go and we see that um, Mangog is making his way. He has run across this huge, gargantuan storm giants that look like four times his size, and yet he manages to lay them down like they're nothing. And he's already... Three or four times the size of Thor. Right. So these dudes yeah, are big. These dudes are big. So he comes upon a bastion of Asgardian warriors, and he smashes their place down and, and throws them all around and, and hurts them and says, yeah, this is nothing. And they launch an arrow 
because no other the Odin Force arrow, because yeah, no other arrow can uh, stop one such as this. The Odinian Force arrow. Yes. And it looks like a big rocket ship. Is yeah. what it looks like. And they shatter the mountain that's above him, and it and it course falls down on him and they think he's been destroyed because he's covered up by this mountain and they go and start partying and here he comes busting out of the mountain going that, that didn't hurt me I'm, I'm going to go get Odin I'm going to kill him and I'm going to unsheath the Odin sword itself and he starts lifting up pieces of mountain and throwing it on the Asgardian warrior saying for, for, for me he can't do the uh, he can't do the Asgardian yell because he's not he's not Asgardian right. right. So they are watching all this through Odin's magical viewing portal. Thor and Sif and Loki and the minion are watching all this. Not the minion from that movie. No, no. Not one of those minions. No, no. not the little bulby looking things. Yeah, you were Why just not? talking about how you didn't like that movie. Yeah, well, it was okay. But it wasn't that good. So anyway, he's he said what he's going to come and unsheath the Odin sword. I think not. I because if that happens, the universe will be destroyed, and we can't let that happen. So we have to go do something about it. So he starts to run to to go take them on. And Loki's like, wait a minute, where are you going? He's like, it's no concern of yours, warrior you are not. But I'm going to go fight this menace so he wants to go see Odin and the man guarding Odin says you can't wake him up he says I don't want to wake him up I just want to come bask in his presence before I go to my death because I may die when we all may perish and Sif's like I want to go with you and he's like no you have to stay here she doesn't like it but she does because she's obedient yes hmm. mm -hmm. so Thor is out riding trying to find the man Gog he finds the outer bastion of the Asgardian Wars, what's left of them. They're laying about, yeah. of course, half dead, and the place is torn up. And they tell him, you know, Thor, no, you don't know. We have just seen what he can do. He has the power of billions of billions of warriors, and he has sworn to herald Ragnarok, and he cannot be denied. And Thor's like, but what else can we do? We have to fight. He tells him, he says, you rest. I'm going to go ahead and fight. And he finds another um, broken legion staggering around, and they're like, no, you don't understand. He fell all of us. And Thor's like, well, no, he didn't, because you're right here. What's this talk of defeat? And they're like, but we, we can't, Thor, we can't. So he rides on by himself and says, if there's one out there and he lives, then I know I don't have to fear him, because he fears nothing that lives. Does that mean he fears ghosts? Perhaps. Perhaps so. So he keeps seeing remnants of the destruction that Mangog is creating. And he continues talking about Ragnarok. And then he hears voices in a, in a, in a rock. And he goes up and he, and he can tell from the markings on the rock where something has tried to escape. And he can hear them and he knows that it's the Warriors 3. Yeah, they're kind of like been trapped in like all this mm -hmm. rubble, rubble kind of stuff. Yeah, And uh, he's, they tell him, said he has trapped us in here. And he's like, well, I'll get you out so we can go find him. Oh, never mind. I have found the one I seek. He turns around and there's Mangog. And Mangog grabs him up and says, "'Tis not so, Asgardian. I have found the one I seek, the accursed son of Odin. And by thy father's command, a mighty race didst perish, even as thou shalt perish now." And what, is, what does it say at the and end? Verily we say, continued eth. Eth. Continued eth. And that's, we'll have to wait till the next show to see Gen how Thor gets out of the grap grapples of Mangog and how he defeats this this creature who has 
billions what happened was was when the race was being destroyed they took the billions of people that were about to be destroyed and compacted all the power of those billions of people and created Mangog. So he has the power and strength of a billion warriors from his race. Yeah, an alien race. They didn't mm -hmm. say who it was or mm -hmm. anything, so we don't know. We just know he's but billions powered. If they do look anything like him, they are very alien. Yes. I mean, he doesn't look like... Now, he's quite a, a, a montage of all different kinds of things. Like I said, I appreciate the bull's head. All right. The uh, third and, and final book for this episode is the 2011 volume of Mighty Thor issue 7, which occurs before current continuity, um, way before. It says the story takes place before the events of Fear itself, but this story takes place before the events of nearly anything in any comic book. Yeah. I mean it Yeah. It's kinda of, kinda of gives you a background on, on why and what happened between we, we go Odin and his brother. On a on a massive uh, trip in the Wayback Machine here. Yeah. Yeah. All the way back to when Odin uh and Cull and Vili and V uh, Vi I, is how you pronounce them. Basically Odin and his three brothers were at, beside the deathbed of their father, Bor, mm -hmm. which is interesting because later on in a section of Thor, right before we started the podcast, Bor is killed by Odin, and through the magics of Loki, Thor takes Odin's place, so Odin or uh, Thor is responsible for the killing of his grandfather and is banished from Asgard for killing one of their own. But you know anything can happen. But but yet here he is on his deathbed, dying almost naturally. I mean, it doesn't necessarily say that it was from the battle, although I, it it wasn't from that battle because he was left mm -hmm. out in the snow. They were like fighting frost giants or something, and he he was felled and was just left. And Odin continued on, and so... Anything can happen. But anyways, uh, Odin and his three brothers are here at Bor's deathbed, and basically the gist is Kull saying, hmm, well, since I'm the oldest, I guess it's up to me now. And, you know, the other brothers are, are saying, well, it's not just you. We'll be there to help, you know, we're a family, everything like that. Um... Moving ahead a little bit in time, not, you know, a long, long time. They still look approximately the same age as they were. But we see Thor with his brothers. Odin. Or, I'm sorry, Odin with his brothers V and Vili. And they are trying to take down the monster uh Sleepnir, S-L-E-I-P-N-I-R, whom I have never heard of. Mm -mm. It's a giant purple horse with eight legs and... Fire coming out of his mouth. Six eyeballs. And, yeah, some kind of yeah, power, fire, electricity, something. So Odin is trying to kill it, along with uh, V and Vili. And basically they do so... But Cull ultimately comes up and helps them do it, helps them finish it off. And in the process, Odin is kind of uh, thrown aside by the monster, uh, just as, as Cull and a 
group of adult Asgardians, probably his, uh, he probably has already surrounded himself with his worthy mm-hmm. by now or, or is starting to gather them up. And he makes fun of the fact that his little brother was trying to do this big manly thing. Um, and actually, I'm sorry, he doesn't kill him. He stops Odin from killing him because he says that uh, part of the way of things is for creatures like this to run uh, riot over the earth to kind of cull, uh, no pun intended, uh, cull the, the weak from the strong on earth. So it's and to have a little sport. It's not ours to kill this. It's it's ours to sit back and watch almost like nature take its course. Mm-hmm. And if they're not strong enough to deal with this or to do away with it, then, then so be sort it. Sort of like our National Geographic shows where we sit there and we watch the leopard kill, catch the gazelle and kill it right, and the eat, sit there and eat it. We don't do anything to, to... Yeah, we just film it. Yeah. We just, we're we're we the just watcher. Watch. And yeah. So uh, Thor objects, or Odin objects. He's like, no, we have to, we have to protect these people. That that's what we're here for, is mm-hmm. to protect them. And he says, no, Cole, right? Isn't that his brother's name, Cole? Yeah. Cole says, no, we're not. We're just here to do what I basically told you to do. Mm-hmm. We're above this. We're mm-hmm. we're just here to watch. So a little bit later on, Odin is uh, he he's still kind of smarting from this. He he doesn't feel that what Cull is doing in leading the Asgardians is right. Mm-hmm. He but, doesn't like his ethics. But he really can't do anything because he's the younger brother. I mean, it, it's not up to him, but he just doesn't feel the direction everybody's going is is correct, particularly as it applies to the way that the uh, Midgardians or Earthlings or whatever is living on the planet at this time, because this is probably thousands of years in the mm-hmm. past. Uh, so uh, Odin has decided that he's going to go to the world tree and find out what's going on and he he this is the first time really that i've seen the world tree treated as as an entity Mm -hmm. uh, a sentient entity but he goes to it and he he proposes a sacrifice to the world tree if if you will tell me what is wrong with my brother and how to fix it um he is willing to sacrifice something and Ultimately, what he sacrifices is his eye, which is a pretty um, typical known thing about Odin is that he only has one eye. Mm-hmm. Even the movie mm-hmm. he had a, uh, but they showed so, it. So this is supposedly how he being lost done it. in battle. Yeah, so he he does sacrifice his eye, and at that point, the World Tree kind of bonds with him so that it can talk to him, and it shows him what is going on uh, involving his brother. Not really what to do about it, but just what is going on. And basically it tells him that his brother is, he he's drunk on, on the power that he has. And as as we hear so often, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So basically that's what's happened to Cull. Mm-hmm. He has this power. Hasn't really said anything about having the Odin power or whatever it was called, the Allfather power. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you don't get that until you're older or, or what the deal is. It really doesn't come up. But the the power I guess he has as being the ruler has corrupted him. And at that point, Odin determines that, well, he has to just take down his brother. Mm-hmm. He won't stop, and what he's doing is wrong, so I just have to stop it. And now 
Uh, next, the story cuts to where he is a a much older Odin with a big, full white beard and mustache. So this is, again, who knows how they age, but this is conceivably thousands of years later than that. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, we don't know any, any time frames. We also don't know if perhaps maybe that um, interaction with the World Tree might have made him look older because now he looks a lot older than his brother. Well, but if you look when he falls out of the tree, he looks just yeah, as I know, but he, over time. Over time, it, it, it started may have something or, okay. accelerated because when you when you see Cole again, he looks younger. Well, not only that, but right here is Vili and V, mm -hmm. and they don't look anywhere near as old yeah. as he does. So I think it, it must have advanced his aging. Not only that, but do you think they're using the beard as some sort of wiseness? Yeah, it could be. He's wise he's, he's now. Gotten wise, he's gotten wisdom from the tree, and therefore it aged him it, and yeah. wizened him. So so now he is, uh, he, he is together with his brothers, and they're, just the three of them are overlooking this massive citadel that apparently Cull has built somewhere, and we find out that it's on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, on the ground, we see hundreds of, of humanoid creatures probably mulling around just as part of their daily thing. So maybe this is like a big city mm -hmm. that he has built in amongst the people and has set himself up as the the ruler of, of Earth. But Odin, um, Odin attacks. Uh, he, he's going to stop his brother, and he's mowing down. As guardians, mm -hmm. right and left. Unless they're earthlings that have been taken upon to be um, soldiers. <laughs> Could be. That would explain why it's so easy for him. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I know he's stronger, but as guardians still should give him some kind of fight. But mm -hmm. he's just mowing them down. He, all he's having to do is go through the motions. And um, we see Odin, a horrible, terrible battle, covered in blood. Um, Cole knows he's coming. Keeps sending wave after wave of soldiers against him, and Odin just keeps mowing them down. Finally, we see Cull has gathered together his worthy, who, hmm, oddly enough, now look like the worthy that we saw in Fear Itself. Yes. Not exactly, because the creatures are different from the characters that... That they embodied. That, uh, in Fear Itself, but you can see why... In essence, those particular people were picked because of the physical mm -hmm. resemblance to these people. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the the Hulk, the Absorbing Man, uh, Juggernaut, the Thing, and Scaldi. Mm -hmm. And then there's one in the back that you can't really tell. I, I apologize. I forget what names they went by. Heartbreaker, Headbreaker, whatever they're where I, I forget but he's talking to him and he says odin's coming and and you know we're not going to be able to stop him so uh he basically he just decides that he and odin are going to fight and i think that he pretty much knows that odin is going to beat him yeah because he he probably knows the the whole well would there have been a prophecy yet at this point well because the World Tree told Odin the prophecy while he was there getting his wisdom. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which so, is not to say that Cole couldn't have somehow found out. Be aware of it, too. Be aware of it, so, too. So basically, he tells his people that he is going to just bide his time because he'll be back. And what he does is he, he gathers all of them to him and just banishes them somewhere kind of like in hiding he mm -hmm. like hides them somewhere until i call you my worthy yeah it doesn't say where or how or anything he just slams his big hammer and 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sure enough, uh, they all disappear, and they disappear right before Odin breaks through the door for the final confrontation between he and and Cull. So now they continue. They not continue, but they they have their confrontation. Odin defeats him, sends him rocketing through the sky to fall into the ocean, uh, which it's a very different looking part of the ocean than where we find him. This looks like he just crashes somewhere offshore. But we know that Cull winds up banished and imprisoned at the very bottom of the Marianas Trench, which is the deepest point on Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Odin stands triumphant, but the city has suffered through both his battle to get to Cull, but also his uh, defeating of Cull, and we also see that he, Odin, goes through killing the rest of Cull's followers, whether they be Asgardian or human or whatever they are, they just, he, he just kills them all. Um, he is aware of the prophecy, because the, uh, we, we had snippets of what the World Tree told him, but to really bring that home, the final panel is him sitting in a chair holding his son Thor as a baby in front of a fire and of course Odin is looking rather contemplative mm -hmm. because now that he has a son right because when when he was telling the prophecy because Cull didn't know Cull didn't know of the whole prophecy I just realized that because Odin was telling him some of it and and Cull was like but you don't have a son right so how can that how can all that come true and, and then so, Odin has his son. Right. Excuse me. So even if Odin didn't quite believe the prophecy, because he didn't have a boy, he, you know, he's like, I don't see how this is going to happen. Now it's all becoming clearer to him because he has banished his brother and he has had a son. Right. So now he is starting to see bits and pieces of now it. He's trying, and now that's when he starts his trying to figure out how he can beat the prophecy. Right. Yeah, from the minute his son was born, he's probably mm -hmm. scheming, trying to figure out what to do. <clears throat> so, so there we go. There's the um, rise and fall of Cull over, I don't know, thousands or hundreds of thousands, millions of years. Who mm -hmm. knows with these Asgardians. And uh, thus is the, the main uh, topic for the podcast. Next episode, we've got lined up the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 630, and the 66 volume of The Mighty Thor, issues 156 and 157. do want to thank Mr. Coward for all of his uh, behind-the-scenes technical work with the podcast and with the Deliberate Noise and Comic Book Noise networks. And thanks to all you folks for listening. This is the, the list of things we're thankful for. Yes. Um, we're thankful for the electricity that lets us record the podcasts and do everything. Yes. And make the comic books that we're able to read. If you do want to get in touch with us, um, several ways to do it. We've got the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. The uh, website for the show is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. We have a Facebook fan page that is the Mighty Thorcast. Mighty Thorcast also has a Google Plus page if you're on Google Plus. Uh, any of these, Google Plus, the Facebook page, or the podcast page, you can leave comments on the, the podcast. They'll be posted separately. And if you do 
download your uh, your podcast from iTunes, take a second and leave us a review. That'd be pretty cool. We don't have very many, so there's plenty of room to leave more. <laughs> and uh, I think that's everything from us today. Yeah, that's everything from me. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll be back, hopefully, here before uh, too long, sooner rather than later with episode 36. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. This is a Teal Production. Bye.